our theory is Ivy stole <laughs> the key. But or, is it stealing if it's best friends? No, no. See, that's the problem. Ivy has um, an issue with stealing. This is the Two African Girls Review Podcast. Where we review black and brown film, TV, and more. Are back with episode four and we are continuing discussing country queen if you have not listened to our discussion of episode one two and three you can go back and listen to those before you listen to this because we unpack a lot in these episodes so we're just going to jump right in we ended last episode on a sad note and episode four does start on a sad note too because we're shown as flashback of Max and Vivian it reveals a lot. Remember when we used to question why Max is called Sibala? In this episode our questions are answered. So the scene starts with Max calling Vivian Mrs. Sibala in a flashback and we can see that Vivian is on the floor, she's hurting, they're in this house and there's this large portrait of the person who we later find out is the original Mr. Sibala and then Max he got replaced rightfully so <laughs> and max comes and um helps her and then that's also when we find out that max was the original mr sibala's what was the word they used they said she married her askari her husband's askari driver driver Hel- house help something something because i was i i used to after you mentioned the name thing i then wondered which african man accepted to be called another man's name do you know what i mean yeah like i was like wait he just got the name from vivian but even in this instance it's still odd my point is with this episode i feel like we understand why that is in a way max was quote-unquote lesser than the original sibala therefore it was okay for him to just take take over the name that's what i'm thinking Okay. And then we meet also her stepson. Yeah. Kingsley. Whoever played Kingsley's character really did well. They creeped me out. Yeah, Kingsley gave creepy vibes, especially in that beginning. I Sometimes, you know, I'm a bit torn. I'm like, I feel empathy for him. Then other times I'm like, yeah, no. Because she wanted help, right? Yeah, she, in that moment, he gave creep, creepy vibes. Because you know how he was like, daddy's little bird. Mm-hmm. What will... But you know, by them describing her as a bird, it's so right. Because the whole time I was watching, I was like, this actress looks like Tweety Bird. <laughs> that's that's what makes her even more like menacing. Her face is so cute. Like in my head, you cannot believe she's that wicked. <laughs> she does look like a bird. Okay, if you say so. But also me, my interpretation of them calling her bird, that is little bird. You know, she is something to show off. Mm. by Mr. Sibala like mm. she's basically a prize you know something that hey look at my bird oh god that's why King's yeah say, okay what, what will something what will father do when he finds out that Max mm-hmm. who is his worker is in relations with his bird you get okay yes also kingsley knew he knew about the relationship Mm -hmm. between them then he used it when they asked him to call for call the hospital call call for help Mm -hmm. and he refused he just sat there and looked at them it's like she's in pain and i feel like also the pain she was in was caused by yeah i sibala i think yeah that was some violence which gives kingsley like creepy vibes like why would you look at a person get hurt that means he knew his father was abusing her and he didn't care we found out recently that the opening sequence 
the song is actually done by a Ugandan. Yeah. I always listen to it on repeat. And also I feel the song kind of set the tone for the show. Yeah. It's a very, although we don't know what it means. I mean, the message of the song, but it gave like a peaceful vibe. We can hear some words. Can we? Yes. He he says dress in the song. That's not a language. So we don't know. Right. I feel he mentions a dress and the song is called Market Day. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It's a nice song. And then we have Jay. No, Atisa returns. The previous episode ended with her leaving right after the funeral. So now she's back at her workplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's at the office. Guys, but let's talk about Akisa's office. I like the theme that they were going for. (laughs) You modern children. (laughs) It's giving aesthetic. (laughs) This is the kind of way your parents will be like, what is this? You know, do you think it was intentional? Because it kind of gives... I was going to say Swahili chick, but I've never been to the course, so let me not. But whatever they were going for, it really w- looks so good. Like that corrugated iron yeah, it's, door. It's, it's really giving like young, like African youngins. That's the trend these days to have Moroccan, not Morocco. Yeah, Moroccan looking home. Oh, you've never been to Morocco. On the internet I have. <laughs> and her office really looks nice, you know. Because I feel yeah. like that's when we actually fully saw it. What is Bidawo in? The woven mats. Um, yeah, as the shades. Yes, that was really nice. And then the... I don't know what they're called in English. The trays, the woven woven trays. Yes. Which were up on the ceiling, hanging from the ceiling. Also the foldable tables as the work tables for the people who work in the office. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of details. It's giving like village vibes. And I'm not even saying this negatively, but like usually these things you find them in the village, in the rural areas. So I feel like that's the theme she was going for, which makes me wonder, was it intentional? Cottage core. Do you think it was intentional? That I think so. I think they meant it because like, I feel like the younger age groups and their office spaces, mm-hmm. you know, interior wise, they tend to lean more um, like they're getting inspiration from their roots. Is it her reconnecting with her roots when she had vowed to never return? Or are we thinking too much into, into it? it? So she's back at the office and Jay informs her that the Christian Business Association um has pulled out because they, they printed, printed out yes photo on their promotional material yeah and the picture on the promotional material is it's a woman yeah on wearing, it. are they called bum shots yes that when the zipper is open it's a suggestive photo for the christian business association yeah but i was like lean into it guys the church do you know what shit happens at church not everybody <laughs> thinks like you okay <laughs> right there was a lot of chaos going on uh-huh. because the church people the bishop and the madame what are they called the I'm mothers i don't <laughs> <laughs> they came to complain akisa because she's coming straight from home to be thrown into this you could see that she was feeling distressed so she and jay are trying to kind of control the situation mm. but then you can see that jay's kind of being shady yeah jay was acting odd. odd and then she said the website is down they are hackers i'm like how did you know they were hackers i guess don't when you your website like, is down you automatically think it's, it's hackers ha- don't you need like some expertise to know that it is hackers maybe jay has the expertise okay woman in tech okay <laughs> we have this footage we're going through like old money homes in Nairobi. Yes. Those are like homes that were built like colonizer days. It's giving vibes of after independence or colonizer so time. around the 60s, the 70s. Yes. And there's a style because you will even notice them in Uganda. They're there. Yeah, that's true. Everywhere. There was 
that was colonized, really. Yeah. And Vivian enters this dusty house. Um, it's like a home that has not been used. And we wonder, is this her previous home? But you can see that she is unsettled by whatever, like maybe being in that environmental space because she is popping pills again. Mm-hmm. We keep seeing Vivian take pills. Do you think they're anxiety meds? I think so, yeah. I really do. Because the kind of work she does, I'm stressed too. Yeah, I'm. I'm. St- I have anxiety on her behalf. Yeah, and she keeps re- like getting this call from a place called Medlink Rehab. At first, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, does she have an issue with drug use?" Mm. So I thought they were calling for her, mm-hmm. and she kept she kept turning them down. Do you know my first thought? Mm. The person calling, whoever is calling from the rehab. Mm-hmm is the original Sibala. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, like, later on when we found out... A prominent business person going to rehab? No, because... A man accepting to go to rehab? No, but that's the thing. Some people weaponize that. Okay. Oh, okay. So, like, okay. The ableism of it all. I thought maybe that's how he was now out of the picture and Max is in it. Oh, shoot. You know what? Okay. I can see that. Mm -hmm. But to tie down a person like that and use rehab against them? Mm -hmm. That's an impossibility. Then we have the reporter, Joe. Right. So, Joe tells his wife the good news that that is after he gets the text from vivian that they have an appointment right yeah again the wife is still hesitant but i guess it makes so much sense because you know some of these things they sound too good to be true and remember she even asks where did you get the money yes and then he says i know someone who knows someone at work but she was so ecstatic you know at that point i was like he's so deep in his lie there's nothing he can do now like he can't like jeopardize it joe is screwed we have also now vivian is threatening eric to move along while she's at the house they keep showing us this portrait again that's a really large photo first of all (laughs) of that mr sibala and then we get another flashback do you remember the photo when yeah like the day of the photo shoot yeah we see kingsley vivian and that man what was his name his name was gollum no (laughs) gollum Gore, gore, and you can see that Vivian was tense in that photo shoot. Yes, it's from the photo shoot that I knew this man is off. Mm. Because when they're taking the photo, Mm -hmm. a photography assistant came to do something to her face, like maybe fix up something, and then he said something. And the way Mr. Gore looked at At Vivian and him, yeah, I was like, Oh, okay, it was giving possessive vibes, yeah, like, How dare you look? at my property. Ugh. So Akisa goes back home and uh. Ivy's in the house. Oh, remember that thing that you said? Yeah. We were wondering how Ivy got into the house. Because Akisa got in the house and then she's like, who is in the house? And then she found out it's Ivy. She even asked, how did you get in here? Ivy just laughed it off. Yeah, and she said something, the key you gave me. And then Akisa was like, I've never given you a key. Oh my God. I think this was the first time our theory is Ivy stole <laughs> the key. But or... is it stealing if it's best friends? No, no. See, that's the problem. Ivy has... Um, an issue with stealing. But that's her best friend, though. If I take your shirt. Without asking? We're friends, right? <laughs> no, that's a bit too much of a familiarization. We have something that can back up our mm-hmm. theory. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. They kind of brush it off and then they hug. They're like, hey, how are you? And then that's the part where she says, how is my... Half often. Half often. Which is a bit odd to say to somebody who is like... Maybe because they know... Akisa is somebody who is not really close to her parents. 
So uh. maybe she, Akisa usually has like a humorous tone about her parents or like um, maybe a very much I don't really care about them vibe when her, the topic of parents or her parents is brought up. She's kind of going in line with that when Akisa mm-hmm. loses her father. We find out that Max also knows Ivy. Yes, because, because he calls and then he's like, how is the globetrotter? Yes. Which means Ivy catches flights and not feelings, as the kids say these days. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So Max knows Ivy. Yeah, when they were talking, it felt very much like a, a group of friends. Like they hang out together. Do you remember? They also mentioned Watos. Watos yes. and Ivy having something. Yes. I thought Ivy was queer. That means <laughs> that means Watos knows WhatsApp. Remember in the beginning we said Watos looks like he knows WhatsApp. Yeah, because the way he was smiling, he's like... I also the way he was delivering that dress a in the beginning. A very cheeky smile. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we move on to... Their shopping trip because Ivy decides to treat Akisa to shopping. And when they go shopping, they go to one place. I feel like it's in a maybe a mall and it's a jewelry shop. Uh-huh. They came into the shop. And, and the jewelry were, really looks so nice. It was, especially the one that Ivy stole. Yeah. That was really a nice set. And they allowed them to try the stuff on. Guys, I'm shocked they allow, they allow people to do this in Nairobi, in Kampala. I'm just going to say it. Shops that are owned by Ugandans of East Asian descent. They don't let you try those stuff. Good luck even entering the shop. Yeah, you have to look a certain way. They have to gauge you by the way you are looking and dressed to see if you can mm-hmm. afford mm-hmm. their product and therefore allow you to try them if you look like you cannot afford them then chances are you won't try them but the thing is you be hearing uganda has gold this this i've never seen it in my life it's not for you to see oh, which sucks again so like while he was talking about the jewelry mm-hmm. ivy decided to like go on her own expedition and then she pocketed the ring they find out later but this girl is not smart she she pocketed the ring and then she put it on and then she showed akisa what did she expect akisa to do which is kind of in line with her issues with stealing things Mm -hmm. they never really make sense and then also when akisa confronts ivy this is when we find out that she is the governor's daughter a governor's daughter stealing again then we're like wait she does this a lot that then it clocked she probably stole her key key. yeah damn ivy remember when we said akisa is the one who has to clean up every mess because even in this she says something along the lines of spoiled rich kid something like that which then gave the sense that oh Akisa is doing a lot of mothering or caretaking in this relationship. Uh, she has to be like the adult. The adult, yeah. Because she told her you have to return it. Yeah. Damn. Did she return it? I don't know, you know. Now that I think about I it. I wouldn't. <laughs> you and Ivy should become friends at this point. No, but I... Ah, no, being friends with somebody like Ivy. Stress. But also returning something like that. that. That's why they catch you. Exactly. So why return it? <laughs> why did you steal it in the first place? But then it's Ivy. She'll get out of prison somehow. But see, that's the thing. If she's caught with Akisa, that's where issues... Who is Akisa? Who is she connected to? That's how you get in trouble, you know? Because of these rich kids that you're hanging out with. I hope she felt bad because in that moment, she was like... Felt bad, but there's a thing. I think it's a disorder. Because I was thinking, you know, my thought was, but Ivy, if you are a governor's daughter, you are a globetrotter. Why? what was the thing she was doing? Silent retreat. What is the need? But yeah, that's how you know it's a disorder. I mean, kind of like a sign. I don't think she has any need to do it. Like it would make sense if she stole it because maybe she needs 
pony she was going to pawn it off later on and then pocket the money anyway, she probably has let me not diagnose people she probably has a disorder she sees how upset akisa is yeah. so she tries to make amends mm-hmm. by promising to get the christian business association deal back because you know they're upset because and then she says my dad is a board member do you think it kind of pacifies akisa a bit yeah i guess so because you you could see that she was really upset she needed yeah, that she business was. deal ivy knew that so ivy was like sometimes spoiled brats come come in handy oh yeah <laughs> like, that's what... wow so for so she knows she's a spoiled brat <laughs> So anyway, we move on to Chalo recording a secret video yeah. in the mind. That's he's, so risky. He's in a disguise recording a secret video of the children being exploited. A few days back, I was watching a video on YouTube, one of the promotional videos for the show. And the actors were talking about one of the issues they want to bring to light is the child labor. And um, they talked about how child labor is something that is not really talked about, especially when it comes to places like East Africa and all of that and um when chalo was filming the kids working i was thinking damn you know these are the videos that actually circulate online and you see kids are being overworked you know like some illegal stuff is going on this is how people film them yeah it dawned on me like this is how those videos come to be mm-hmm. online somebody has to take some risk and you don't know sometimes Do you know but some... the issue of child labor is so tricky mm-hmm. in let me let's, speak for East let's Africa. talk about it should we we're gonna go on off on a tangent again but child labor is really tricky because if you want to get into it even our parents are <laughs> guilty <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't think that's where we want to go do you think that's why then the character of silas is like why they don't really see a problem yeah, with it he didn't see a problem with it because he was thinking the children if they're better off working here than being beggars out there on the streets and again you know it's kind of like the same thing there's a part where we see akisa oh man am i jumping too far ahead there's a part where we see akisa Akisa was in the city and she used to work as house help. Yeah, and I don't think she was. She was a minor. That's, Do you think? That's Child labor Actually, is really tricky in this, East Africa. I don't know about, I'm not going to speak for the wider Africa. It's really tricky in Uganda. Because their parents... They would rather see you working than playing as a child. Yes. Be a girl. It's even worse. Uh, yeah. You're like a little mama. <laughs> not even funny it's not not. but like it's like better you work than play yeah why why are you playing and then i'm also thinking you know the the part which silas said that it's better they're working here than Mm. be on the streets begging but even let's get into begging usually the children that are placed on the streets to beg there's somebody it's organized money yeah it's not the the money is not going directly to the children at the end of the day they have to give it to somebody else who then may decide if they should give the children some cut or not. It reminds me of Slumdog Millionaire, the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, man. But let me not even go far. There's in this Kampala. In Kampala, yeah. They're always trying to, like, remove the children. Like, recently, they found out that majority of the children on the street are children from Karamoja. Mm. And remember what's happening in Karamoja, <laughs> which means the circumstances are pushing them to actually come and be on the streets. It's, again, giving, um, you know, like, how they send people give their kids to relatives 
yeah, or other people yeah, yeah, yeah. in the city to do domestic work while the parents send money. Basically indentured servants. Yeah. Because they will say, oh, I'm going to educate this child. It's, they're, they're usually relatives. They're not they just are. random strangers. Or people that you have grown up with. Then you go work for them in the city because there's some deal that your parents, that your parents have made, made with them. And in exchange, either this person is going to be sending money back to your parents. So I think the question is, what constitutes as child labor? And also, what constitutes as, you know, learning experiences that will develop a child? Yes, it makes sense for a child to have to learn certain skills. Like maybe, I don't know, cleaning up after themselves because they're going to need those skills when they're adults. Mm -hmm. But then where do we draw the line from? a child working or learning to do certain tasks because they're good for their well-being or they're going to be good for their development and being exploited. I think that's where the lines are blurred mm-hmm. and you have to question what is child labor because some people in their families will treat the children the way those people are treating their children in the mind. Exactly. Be a firstborn daughter. See stress. If something happens to the mom, you're like de facto mother. Yeah, definitely. You have to take care of everyone. It's like, damn, where's your dad? It's like that part when auntie Salome said oh god (laughs) we give birth so that children can help us because I feel like you know that whole is it a work ethic Mm -hmm. that they instill in children so young is Mm -hmm. the same reason those children are able to be exploited remember when they kept on telling um there's one of the children Mm. he kept on saying no I have to go back to work it's like he knows if he doesn't go to work he's going to suffer the consequences which is weird because they're not even paid let me tell you sometimes the way we are raised we are raised to be exploited like think about the way you were raised that is so true Simanya be humble um if somebody gives you a task to do, do it gladly. Yeah, even if they're not paying you, remember, connections are what counts. Or you're gaining experience. But that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Where do we draw it's the like line? It's like you're just groomed for exploitation. Josiah and them kids, no, they're not paid. They're not even given food. But Yet they, they wake up every morning and they go back there to they work. They can't run away. Yeah. Oh, God. That's now, you know, like they've reached your mind. That, Indoctrination. That is so true. That is so true. That's why I was saying it can only happen if you have been raised from like from when you could understand that working you know this thing that African parents say a lot if you don't work there's no food for you yeah the person who does not work does not eat or lazy people don't deserve nice things it's so instilled in in so many people's minds this is also like basic tenets of hustle culture it's so instilled in somebody's mind that even your body will show you signs of breaking down like please let me rest but you'll be like no I can't rest because the moment I rest then I am lazy I really wish people could have a conversation about this because then what happens these companies exploit that that's the problem they exploit the fact that people already think working hard is equal to not being lazy is equal to success even when it's obvious there's no tangible success <laughs> i mean sometimes there is no, but like but in this sorry. case it's really unfair and then we have to also put into consideration some of these intersecting factors like race and gender and oh my god when you come from the rural parts, it's even that sentiment of if you don't work, you're lazy mm. is much stronger. Yes. Ooh. Because then like they look at all these people like, you know, when we're in the village, you look at all these people in the city. Mm. In your head, it's they worked hard. That's, that's why, why they're, they're there. there. I guess then we need to even define what working hard is. Oh God. Capitalism now. Oh. But it's really sad what they're doing to the children.
Now, because Charlo takes a video, he posts that video online and it starts getting hits. It, mm-hmm. it is viral. And it reaches media houses. I think the supervisor of Joe. Yeah, the editing supervisor of Joe. She sees the video and she says, No, actually, Joe sees it first. <laughs> he sees it, then he's like, Oh, shit, I've already taken this deal. Remember? Yeah, you can see he knows his fuck. And then the supervisor comes and then she's like, The evidence is right there. What are you waiting for? Like, you've been waiting for something to drop so you can start this story get on it mm-hmm. and you can see now he's, he's in a dilemma we're at the house right it's like they cleaned it up it seems like they're having an open house they're trying to sell the home and while vivian is there do you know i've wondered if she's now selling the home because she has no money maybe she's like you know i don't have money i already have this penthouse in nairobi why mm-hmm. not sell this off and in this house we meet vivian's parents they come to the open house. You know, there's like cocktail tables outside. Basically, they've judged up the place. Mm-hmm. And it looks good. Mm-hmm. And the parents come in. Ah, oh, gwe. When we meet the parents, then we see, ah, generational trauma. Yo. <laughs> the, the dad. Yo. The, she's so relieved to see them. She asks the dad. The dad is like, why do you look like this? You want you look like a toilet girl. Why is a toilet girl? That's basically like you look like shit. But like in African Guys. father terms. Ah. This show really went there with the generational trauma. Yeah. Ah. And then the mom, you know, the mom takes her to the bathroom, like, to clean her up. Because Vivian, you could see she dropped some tears. She got emotional Mm -hmm. at seeing her parents and reuniting with them. Mm -hmm. And the mom takes her to the bathroom to clean up her so-called toilet girl look. Mm -hmm. And while the mom is cleaning her up, we get a flashback. And in this flashback... The mom is again cleaning her up. Yeah. Except this time she has bruises from, we're assuming, abuse from her husband. And um, in this flashback, the mom is talking to her and she says, look, these things happen in marriages. You need to clean yourself up and you go back. And then Eh, she, obviously she doesn't want to go back. So she says, why? And she tells the mom, do you really want to lose a third child? Oh, yes, yes. Which then makes so much sense. That means whatever we saw in the flashback at the beginning mm-hmm. could have been Vivian losing the child. child because of abuse and assault. Damn. And that's third child. That means there's has been one and, and two. two. The fact that she doesn't have children now means the third one was lost too. Which is so sad. And then remember the part where she says, why would you call him back? And then the mother said, it's your father who called him. Which explains why the father is so wicked like that. Even in present day. I'm just gonna say it. Vivian's father is really toxic. And her mom too. Like this upholding of these institutions. That Didn't Vivian's mother say. Allude to the father also being abusive. As an encouragement. So called encouragement for Vivian. Like your father does it too. Yet I'm still in the marriage. I'm yeah. not even surprised. The issue really went there. Because she does say. Before the flashback. Oh we got back to present. Vivian's mom says. Why are you still with that? You can tell from the way they call Max. Like they don't really like him or approve of him so she was like why are you still with that guy and then vivian say he's the only person in my life who has ever been good to me wow this mark's behavior is vivian experiencing one of the better relationships of her life the pit that is so sad that is so sad oh my god i don't even have i don't have words vivian has been through it also before this we were kind of like, why is Vivian so annoying? Oh my gosh. Why is she like yeah, well, an annoying girl boss? But I feel like after seeing this... This was a Vivian-centered yeah, episode. episode. It puts so much into...
into perspective. I'm not saying it excuses her behavior. I understand. But a lot is put into perspective. Imagine, yeah, having an abusive husband and the people you're supposed to run to who are your family are equally abusive. What do you do? But that's usually how it is, you know. It's a rarity. I'm going to speak for Uganda only. It's a rarity in Uganda to have an abusive relationship and you tell your family and they come and help you or they side with you as a woman and help you out. Some people, they say it's just beating. What's such a big deal about it? Some people don't see a problem with that. It reminds me of, remember Blood Sisters, where the mother came and said, ah, small, small slap. And you're talking about you don't want to be in the relationship. <gasps> also, those parents were selfish. They had their own agenda. selfish agenda. But it is so heartbreaking to know that there's literally no one you can turn to. There's none. Police, wah. The police also abuses their... Yeah. Because your church family, they probably do not believe there's a problem there. Your own family, they will you say must have done about it. Oh, God. Get on your knees and pray and fast. Maybe you did something wrong. Your family, what did you do to upset him? Your friends, your friends are no longer existent because you know what? They've isolated you because you as a married woman, why are you with unmarried people? Why They you... will corrupt your mind. Oh dear. Don't go online. The feminists online. <laughs> Getting a glimpse into Vivian's life was, it was very necessary. It was. Do you know what? This is another testament to good writing. Nobody is actually villainized. It's, it is really up to you. No, but the father is still. <laughs> no, but they don't villainize him. It's really like. For up to you to make your conclusion. Yeah, because let me tell you, some people watch the show and they don't see a problem with the father and the mom's behavior. Yeah, actually, that is true. Yeah. There's some shows I've watched with older mamas and papas. And I'm like, do you see a problem here? No. <laughs> I'm like, you know, we just said, yes, in fact, they are correct. We have just seen some violence. It could even be like violence in a relationship, even sexual violence. They're like, I don't see a problem. Are you, are you mad? We're now with Tony. Tony, I don't know. Tony tries, but right now we have people making fun of him yet again for not being man enough. But they're still like, you don't have, you're so weird and you're awkward. The girls don't even want you. And he doesn't really know how to reply. Thank God for Grace. Grace comes to his rescue. Oh my God. This scene was so wild. This scene was wild because I fell down on the floor in laughter. And until now I have a scar. I grazed my knee. And you know, at this age to be falling. <laughs> Grace comes to the rescue and she starts whispering in Tony's ear. But even then, Tony doesn't Tony get is a clueless. Like... <laughs> Grace understands the politics of it all. Tony is just Tony brought. Grace pretends to be feeling Tony. And she takes him to the staff quarters. Mm-hmm. Staff room. Yeah, um, of the pub. Yeah, she sits him down. First, you know, she talks to him like, why do you let them make fun of you? And Tony's just like, so they start mourning together. Mourning? Yeah. It sounds like a goat though. And the people outside obviously think something is going on. <laughs> they even come to spectate. Until Juma broke up the party because he said, what are they doing there? He was asking them what they're doing at the staff room. And then Grace came out of the room. But even when she came out, she gave the impression that, you know, something went down. Because she was like... Not wiping her mouth. Yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> when Juma found out, kind of caught on on what's, what was going on... His first instinct is, my boy is a lion. And then they all shouted and celebrated. What was that? I mean, we'll never understand because we're women. Because if it was a girl, that girl would get a beating. You don't think women are also, oh, you have to be married. Purity politics. Exactly. So he bigged up Tony. His son, yeah, his son. 
wasn't he the same person in the same breath saying you corrupted the boys of the community to Akisa but, that's but the, it's okay for Tony to get corrupted that, but that's the double standard we keep talking about it's kind of like how remember when we were having that conversation about how it's even hard for men mm. to identify sexual assault because even when older women sleep with young boys it's taken as something that like racking up points yeah yeah it's affirming because that's literally what it was for masculinity Tony. For Tony and Grace. That's Jeez. what it was. What? Exactly. I guess in their eyes now, because Tony couldn't get the girls, but he now got a girl. So, Tony, you're more of a man now. Yeah. Because they did celebrate. Remember, it was the end. He even said, let's go get some beers. Oh, my goodness. These parents choose the wrong moments to encourage their kids. Like, why would you be? Do you know, we've even forgotten the part. Remember while they were there celebrating, Charlo comes and then a fight breaks up. Yes, Chalo comes around. He gives his father money. I don't know if it's a tradition or what, but what I got right. from it is, you know, like when you go and you have like an elder, you always like kind of give them a cut of your money in gratitude, I yeah, think. Yeah. So Chalo does that. He comes around and he gives money to his father. Then his father gets the money, throws it out. And he's like, you're giving me is some of the money you pocket got. Pocket money from, from your girlfriend, your nurse girlfriend. Oh, dear God. This is a Juma issue. This man has some issues he needs to work through. I feel like he's projecting on his sons. Is that the part where he says if your mother was here? It's good your mother is not here because if she was here, she would have seen how much of a disgrace you are. Because I think by now he has learned about the video that Charles yes, he took did. and circulated. Because then he's pissed like, you're putting your brother's job, my livelihood in jeopardy because right. of what you did. So get your money. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm saying. I'm wondering how the fight broke out. He said, you might as well wear a dress because you are the woman in this relationship. Oh. This man hates his sons. So in their eyes, Chalo is not a man. He's not. But then I'm wondering, what constitutes a man? Because it also upset him. That's why he fought back. Is a man being Tony sleeping with girls? Yeah. Because Tony was celebrated for sleeping with, supposedly, sleeping with Grace. We're back at the open house. Vivian's dad, Collins, he's so shady. Max Collins, who is Vivian's dad, and another person, they find themselves in the same conversation circle. The other people ask him, like, what's your current? What are you doing right now? What what is keeping you busy? Collins, this man, shady. He's like, marrying Sibala's widow was enough of a career move. He says this while the other people are there. But you know... Like, Max is so calm about it. He just... I guess he's used to the yeah, I, job. I think so. He just that moves That means they on. do that a lot. When he was moving around after those comments, mm-hmm. you can see he's walking around. He's not really entering any conversation. I got the sense that Max feels that he does not fit into Vivian's world. Mm-hmm. Break time. What was your favorite scene? Choosing a scene was difficult. Akisa and Max, where he goes to her place after Vivian's open house. And uh, he asks her, how can I help? That was a really beautiful scene. I loved it. Where the father, while he was talking to Akisa, said my daughter. And then Akisa had the throwback. There's a way they did it. The way they took us back into the past by just her hearing the word, my daughter. That was really cool. What was your favorite sound? When Grace and Tony were making their mock sex sounds. And then Tony sounding like a goat. That was so funny. 
the last song where Vivian and Max were having that conversation in the rearview mirror towards the end. The song was just so perfect. What was your favorite line? The entire conversation that Max had with Vivian in the car. That was really good. The actors have such great chemistry. In the flashback where Vivian's mother is cleaning up Vivian and you know she has bruises from you know domestic assault and then Vivian asks why did you call him implying that why did the mother call her husband because you know this man is a monster and then the mother says your father did I feel like that part really broke me because the people you are supposed to run to when things go bad are the ones calling this person to come and pick you Remember when Max asked Vivian for a permanent position in the company? Yeah. Do you think Colin's comments, they're the reason Max wanting like to have an official position uh-huh. in the company? I think so, you know. That means he has been saying it, you know, like small, small jabs yeah. at Max. I don't know if I'm seeing a theme here. Men who are partnered with women who have their own careers, their masculinity is questioned. A lot. Max example, mm-hmm. Charlo for example. Interesting. That means they struggle with that too. Yeah, like, I think eventually it, it kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say that it gets to Max because the whole partnership Max has with Viviana has its own complexities. Mm-hmm. But I think it eats at you. Yeah. Because people making comments in public just wear a dress. You're like a woman in this relationship. I think it does eat at you. That is so true. But then men also... Because it's so annoying. Cello's dad is always walking around peacocking. Please explain to the rest of us what peacocking is. Get your chest. Stand upright. Push it out. They are peacock. (laughs) (laughs) He makes it known that I'm the man. It makes me wonder what the relationship Charlo and Tony had with their mother before. I'm assuming their mother passed away. Yeah. So I'm wondering what... Remember actually when we said the mother must have passed away because if she divorced, Juma would not be peacocking. Yeah, he can't be talking that nonsense. Yeah. But you know, you know, when women are the ones who leave the relationships, men still carry on peacocking because then it becomes, it must have been a fault with her. Not you. Hmm. Well, I ain't seen Juma pull another girl. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a him problem. No, guys, no. Whether you're partnered or not, it's not a problem of the person. Sometimes. Mm, Listen. Anyway, so we go back to the house, Sibala, Gore's house. And Vivian is handing it over to, I guess, the real estate people who are going to then sell it. She gives this small speech and she says... Go bought the house from white settlers. He was one of the first, the first or one of the few first black Kenyans to buy the house from a white settler. And the way she spoke about it was, you know, like she was speaking with a sense of pride. Like this is an achievement he achieved as, was it him or his father? I don't know. But it it sounded like something that he achieved, which then made me think, interesting i mean yeah in the context it does make sense because you know you're trying to like transfer the wealth back to the local people have to buy it yeah they didn't have to but you know it is what it is but then my my concern is in him buying it that means he was already wealthy enough you know like to afford a house like that 
those were the colonizer adjacent black people that's the thing because now he has a mining company which now exploits young children you know we're getting too much into it this is not that deep it is but it but it's but that's usually how it is for them to have had money yeah at that time when the whites were flighty mm-hmm. you had to have been like adjacent mm. to be rich in colonizer africa as a black person anyway we're thinking too much into it you know for me what stood out mm-hmm. is how somebody used to be abusive to you but you have to say all these nice things mm. because they're dead mm. Mm. Because right. it gave again Akisa. It's like she has all this unresolved trauma from her parents, her dad. But it's like you cannot say these things that they did. Oh, well. So she gives the speech and I guess she hands over the house. It was in that moment when she was giving the speech, she got the phone call. Mm-hmm. And then she kept on ignoring it. So while she is giving the speech, we see Kingsley. Yes. And remember, this is the house of Kingsley's father that she is selling. So now I'm wondering, how is this going to work? Because then Kingsley comes in, disrupts the whole open house. Mm -hmm. It's like he was not supposed to get out of rehab. Mm -hmm. And Vivian is unsettled. And then remember, Max, when he gets that mining license, he uses that as a bargaining chip. To tell Vivian, look, I have the mining license here and you promised me an official position. Actually, we see Vivian here going back on her word. But that's what I was saying in the previous episode that even when it's obvious she's not going to do anything, he still goes and does what, like he does his part of the bargain, even when it's obvious Vivian is not going to fulfill her part. Which is messed up. That's why there's an imbalance in this relationship. Like I guess Max is supposed to stay so that Vivian can have her image of husband mm. and wife. But then Max says, you know what? He, I think he's pissed. So he's he like, just leaves. Ciao, and he leaves for Akisa's. This is actually my favorite Akisa and Max moment. Mm-hmm. I never believed in this relationship. <laughs> my trust in the relationship was at negative. It grew like by two points because of this scene. Max comes over to Akisa's and he's so, so... So I'm like, sir, I think you're the one who needs comfort. But it's like he puts that aside and acts as a boyfriend. And he supported Akisa. Because Akisa is still going through her J issues. Mm. Ivy robbing the jewelry shop. Mm-hmm. And he is so supportive. He actually said, how can I help? That was so beautiful. But remember, in all of this... This is one of the better relationships that Vivian has ever had. The bar is so low, guys. Super low. But see, that's the thing. When you experience trauma so much in your life or when people violate you so much, the bare minimum looks like it's the best. Yeah, that is so true. Damn. We move on to the governor. Max manages to get the mining license by force from Governor Moka. Who we then learn is Ivy's, Ivy's father. Papa. Mm-hmm. And Ivy has a long list of theft. No. What? A long list of thieving practices. Max uses that to get the mining license. Yeah, to blackmail the father. Ivy has an issue with stealing and or getting things that do not belong to her. 
issues on like on an international level because all the countries they were mentioning. Yeah. While she was in Bulgaria, I don't remember the countries, but there was like random countries. Bali as well. She's Mm. ever stolen stuff in Bali. Mm -hmm. She's ever stolen stuff in South Africa as well. Yeah. And it's like through that, the father is forced to give a mining license. Right. He's also trying to still save his face. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know the interaction Ivy had with her father? Mm -hmm. Yo, it made me realize how ruthless this man is. Remember when he kept on saying, if you were not my daughter, I would have killed you. Yo, that was so wicked. Basically, he was saying I could have honor killed you. No, honor killing is for when you are a daughter. He said, if you are not my daughter, I could have killed you. Okay, so he is a step better than honor killers. (laughs) (laughs) He has his boundaries. I don't even know where this conversation is going. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, being a politician in East Africa, you really have to be ruthless. It's not for the weak-hearted, they say. But also Ivy. And he talks about, like, I thought you had this issue under control. You want me to take you back to the psychiatrist? See, I told you it was a disorder. For them to have a psychiatrist there, I mean, she has a diagnosis of sorts. Yeah. And it's like she can't really control it. It gets out of hand sometimes. Mm. Because she has money, but she's getting stuff that are not hers like stealing. i guess it gives her a thrill of some sort we're not psychiatrists okay we're not so in this conversation that they're having the governor is pissed because now they're using it to mm-hmm. blackmail him mm-hmm. but then ivy counter what is it called counter that one and <laughs> she manages to bargain no she whistles her way out of it yeah she's very smart i'm starting to realize she's smart because she did the same thing with akisa Mm. did the same thing with her dad Mm -hmm. she tells her dad look i i'm gonna sort this out i need your help though i need you to find you know get my friend this gig back Mm -hmm. in return you can use this relationship to your advantage in the future her because, family. Yeah. She's from Silanga and you will need did she say you will need votes from Silanga people? She said you're gonna need her mm. at some point. He was happy because he was like, That means I'm teaching you well, like you're becoming a politician. The parents in this show though <laughs> It was kinda scary how she turned that around and still managed to get what she wants. You know the part that really annoyed me here mm-hmm. when Ivy mentioned the friend. The father is like the one with the nice backside. Mm. And then it it gave me such bad memories. When you're young, right? Not even only when you're young. Even when you're old. The acquaintances of your parents or the adults in your life, they... uh, It just gave me like, you know, the father sexualizing the friend. Mm. That is so true. That was disgusting to hear. But it's so common because yeah. I have an experience with it. You probably have an experience mm. with it. You're there in the same room. You're having a conversation. The moment the adults in your life, like your parents or whatever. The moment they turn away. Your uncles become weird. They start giving you really weird eyes, weird gestures. When you're growing up, even like your, I don't know, the women in your life, like your mother, your aunts, they start telling you stuff like, you know, be careful of that uncle. It's like people know. Yeah, that is so true. Which is so sad because it's like you grow up already mentally alert that anyone is capable of anything. That part really just... Yeah. 
it unsettled me which is so scary because then that means every time akisa and ivy are in the presence of that man he's probably just ogling her yeah and and it's so weird because that's just the same age as your kid remember even at the date when vivian Mm -hmm. went and took the money he was having a date with a young girl Oh God! Yeah. And that was even before we knew that Ivy was his daughter. Shoot, that's true. I feel like it was important that they put that there because, you know, like, just because someone is related to you and they are nice to you in the capacity of being your parent or relative, uncle, auntie, cousin, does not mean they are not horrible to other people out there. Mm. Because that's literally what this governor is. Yeah. <sighs> we cut um to... The Muragis. Murage, we have learned that's their last name. Joe, the reporter. They're at the doctor's office. And while they're sitting there waiting, they learn that their appointment has been cut. Mm. They no longer have an appointment with the fertility specialist. Which, oh God, this part was sad. Because then Joe, he tries to make calls, but it's like Vivian has blocked him Mm. or cut him off. Mm. And remember, the wife doesn't even know where the money came from. No, she does not. And you can see, like, she was really excited because she's... Ah, God, I don't know. So sad. Then Kingsley. Kingsley. Remember, we met him last time. And Kingsley said he's coming to take over his father's stuff. Mm -hmm. And what Kingsley does, I think, unsettles Vivian so much. Because we have, either the next day or something... Big um and we have Vivian in the office. Mm-hmm. V- Vivian is she's pressing a stress ball. I think she has anxiety. That's why she takes those medicines. Mm. And she's pressing this stress ball. It's like she's pressing the hell out of it. Remember when was it, is his name Isaac? Yeah, Isaac. He's like, I need to tell you something, and she's like, keep quiet. She Ooh. throws the ball at Isaac. Isaac had to duck, you know. They should pay Isaac more. Isaac yeah. is holding that company together. Which is why I keep asking, what is his job? And when she enters the boardroom, there's Kingsley talking. And he's talking about how his father would never stand for Ikorok um, state right now because they're using child labor. This boy is talking about a man who hit his wife and she lost a baby. So like, you're okay with killing unborn children, okay? His ethics do not include killing unborn children. He's okay with that and hitting people, women. And it's odd because Kingsley witnessed his mother losing a child Mm -hmm. and didn't call for help. But you think he, I don't think he meant it in that sense. I think for him, it was more of, I need to get this company back from this woman. So just appealing to the board members. Mm. And then remember how Vivian, but Vivian is smart. (laughs) She was able to come up with answers right there and then when the board members are looking and then remember how she told she talked about how they're going to have ex- but also what did that mean experience non-locals to oversee see i have a problem with this experience what does that mean you know when these people send like white people to oh white people again <laughs> do you know when they send like people from other countries to come and manage stuff because you know the trope of the um, locals cannot be trusted. The untrustworthy yeah. African. And they're corrupt, so we need to bring in people. Have you seen white people? Weirdly, a lot of people believe that. 
yeah use non-locals yeah, to oversee yeah that sentiment is very strong and then vive out kingsley's drug issues you know like to reduce the board's trust in mm-hmm. you know in him mm-hmm. and then he retorts back by saying i have been clean for like a year and a half yeah i have drug tests done etc like he thought that through mm-hmm. Vivian's jewelry in this scene is so nice. Mm. The earrings are really nice. But you can see that the board doesn't really sways more. It's so weird. Yeah, because even with that, I mean, I do not approve ever disclosing somebody's medical history. Mm-hmm. No, without their permission. I do not. But Vivian did it and somehow this board refused to sway. That is so true. It's like the board was on the side of the boy. Which gives the impression that they probably never liked Viv to begin with. What do you think? That was very odd. I really would have thought drug issues and he was in rehab. The stigma that is attached to that. And they still swayed to his side. I have a feeling they've never really wanted her in charge. But also I'm thinking they probably wanted him to take her out because then remember this thing where they would, they prefer to have somebody young and inexperienced inexperience so they can control them yeah ah very possible so maybe they were also playing Mm. their cards Mm -hmm. then we see again vivian is taking pills Mm -hmm. i can understand um it is stressful not that i can understand drug abuse no i mean i see why her line of work is stressful yeah then oh we have max Mm -hmm. max calls akisa and they make plans to meet up later. Mm-hmm. Akisa is so cute here. She's so, like, she has, like, heart eyes. Akisa melts when she's talking to Max. And he calls her and tortoise. So cute. Yeah, why, why does he call her tortoise, though? Is it, like, does she walk like a tortoise? <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, Max calls her. He's at, uh, there's something, yeah. guys. Max is always hanging out at Vivandas. I don't know what Vivandas are in English. Vivanda is, like, um... Like local, like downtown joints. You know, like where they serve all the delicious food. What is? Because he's usually there. His car is being washed. Yeah. So, like, you know those places where they will tell you, "Let's wash your car for five thousand Ghana so, shillings." Yeah, shillings. And then there's usually like a structure where they'll serve you soft drinks and maybe some snacks maybe somebody's roasting maize or meat and while you wait for your car to be fixed you can have a drink or two Mm -hmm. maybe some food too that's the place he usually hangs out maybe he does feel more comfortable there than hanging out in all these high places yeah Hmm. also he probably doesn't have money vivian is um yeah has a tight control because we asked how does he get money to do things for himself Mm -hmm. even for akisa like how after max hangs up the phone vivian calls him Mm -hmm. i think she's feeling super stressed so she needs max for whatever i don't know she said i'm gonna teach you some things <laughs> <laughs> this part was sad max ditches akisa he says he's on husband duty that was something uh, they have maybe. such an understanding because you could see she was not she was disappointed yes but she was not like upset neither was he it's like i have responsibilities i have to do them mm-hmm. and akisa was like i get it there's no cuttiness nothing mm-hmm. 
and that was also the part where Vivian said, I can teach you things. So, yeah, oh god, guys, the role playing that happened in the rear view mirrors. Ooh, that was kind of hot. Ah, damn, I'm, I'm conflicted. Vivian and Max, Max and Akisa. I just wish they all know about each other so they can come to a consensus to participate in the arrangement. Three of them, so it's a throuple. I don't know. Do you know they could really be something, all three of them? Do you know what we forgot? What? Akisa gets the contract back. Oh, damn, yeah. And we are shown a flashback so on the day of the the church church business association yes akisa has a flashback one of the fathers mm. comes and talks to her and he's like my, my daughter. daughter and then she it triggers like a flashback and in that flashback she's confessing to a priest i think she stole some money mm-hmm. and then she says they have not been paying me and they have not been feeding me my madame who is like the boss has been uh, beating her and then the husband of that woman has been harassing her and this is like a few years back i think that, that was when she had just left um silanga mm-hmm. to come to nairobi and trying to make it so you can really see that she struggled oh my god and the way they treat household like when your employers know you don't have anyone you can go to mm-hmm. you're more vulnerable to being exploited that is so true which takes us back to the whole child child labor because usually girls who do domestic work mm-hmm. they're not even that old they're usually they're young they're really young they're between what 13 and 18 mm-hmm. and then you will even hear people say get the younger ones because they are more it's easier to control them and mold them oh yes, my, oh, than all the older ones because the older ones kind of know their worth yes they can probably ask they, they can advocate for themselves mm-hmm. so people will deliberately suggest when you're looking for house help yeah they'll suggest look for the younger ones the ones who are from the village, village they even specify yeah oh my god that is so wicked it's so messy because you know, like, then if they're from the village they're less exposed therefore they're not going to be spoiled easily because oh they are naive you get it's so Guys. sad so really, if we get into this child labor convo, we'll find that a lot of the perpetrators of it, we know them. Some of us have been them. Yes. Yeah, we oh, have. God. So I think they reported her mm-hmm. to the father, the priest. Yes. But remember, they're not paying her. They're not feeding her. They're beating her. They're harassing her. It's like, where does that, like, why are they only pointing out her stealing exactly. and ignoring all these other things that are causing her to do what she did? Because the abuse, the exploitation, it all flew past the father's head. Mm-hmm. He said, forgive and forget. I'm also angry at, at Mualimu and Esther. They let their kid in their so-called saving. This is where their kid ended up. But she's working. I guess that's good enough for African parents. As long as you're but working. That's, that's what we were saying last last episode. We said that they would rather save face and have this child run to Nairobi and face all sorts of atrocities than admit that okay yeah she has a child maybe we'll just take care of the child yeah because honestly i don't think they were lacking in resources but that's what it is and yeah that was our review for episode four yeah child labor i Mm. think this was a very vivian centered episode Mm. i really understand vivian 
a whole lot more. Mm. Again, themes of parents and um, causing trauma, basically, to yeah. their children. Past experiences. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, the part that it really hurt me when Vivian said Max is one of the better, the better relationships she has had. You've been listening to the Two African Girls Review Podcast, where we review black and brown films, TV, and more. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. Leave a comment on this episode and let us know what you'd like us to review next. Send us an email at twoafricangirlsreview at gmail.com. Until next time.